the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Silicon Valley Business Connections, brought to you by the Silicon Valley Black Chamber of Commerce, where diversity and opportunity are one. From education to employment, entrepreneurship to innovation, this program is your weekly connection to the latest trends and opportunities taking place all across Silicon Valley. Host Carl Davis Jr. talks to the rock stars of Silicon Valley and offers you engaging interviews and insights from local, regional, and internationally acclaimed business leaders, entrepreneurs, and community leaders to help you stay connected. Now, here's your host, Carl Davis Jr. Welcome to Silicon Valley Business Connections. Hi, I'm Carl Davis Jr., and I'm your host, but I'm also the president of the Silicon Valley Black Chamber of Commerce. We're located at 25 North 14th Street, downtown San Jose. You can also find us on the web at blackchamber.com. Man, I have a very, very special guest today. Good friend of mine, actually a mentor of mine. His name is Mr. Fred Jordan. Not only is he an engineer, but he's also the president of the San Francisco African-American Community, African-American Chamber of Commerce. Fred, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing great, Carl. Doing great. I'm just, um, very pleased, and thank you very much for inviting me to be on your show. Well, I know that um, everybody wants to know who is Fred Jordan, and uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, Fred, and who you are, and uh, what what gets you up in the morning, Fred? <laughs> there are many things that get me up in the morning. I don't think I'm I'm all that great. I always say I'm like a drop in the ocean, just drifting with the tide, but. Uh, <laughs> But anyway, I try to do what I can do uh, for the time that I have. And, uh, and so uh, I have a commitment. I come from the East Coast, and uh, I've always been committed. My mother used to take me to the civic organizations and, and uh, advocacy organizations when I was a kid. Mm. So, so that, that was kind of rooted into me. And so uh, right now, this is my third term as president of the San Francisco African-American Chamber of Commerce. I've been president for three terms. This is my third term. I know, just like mine. You you know, this is mine too, Fred. You know, this is the third time I've been president of the Silicon Valley Black Chamber of Commerce, just like you. That that means that we've been around for a long time. (laughs) Yes, we have. (laughs) Because the the struggle continues. Yes. Struggle continues, and here in San Francisco, uh, African Americans particularly, and now even the Latino uh, group, we're losing ground. Mm. Losing ground, and this place has become urbanized, Manhattanized, and so African Americans have dropped from eighteen percent down to five percent mm. or less. And uh, and it's noted all over the United States, and even as far away as uh, as Europe. Uh, the BBC out of London has interviewed me on the out-migration of African-Americans here in San Francisco. And so... Why do, you th- why do you think that's happening, Fred? Do you have an idea of why do you think it's happening? 
Well, you know, the city uh, has changed. Uh, you know, we're the most, we have the most expensive real estate in the United States. Mm. And so if you are still enduring a, a certain amount of discrimination, you can't stay here. Mm. Uh, you have to have a good job or you have to have some good contracts. And uh, traditionally, African-Americans are not, don't get that. I mean, even though it's, we're supposed to be the melting pot of the world and all of that bit, it's not all that great here in terms of inclusion. And, uh, and so, and that's why. And so, um, with the real property of gentrification, our neighborhoods have been totally gentrified. You know, we only have one or two that seems to represent African-Americans, but at one time we're 90, 95%. And so part of the effort has been like to save the Fillmore, Yoshi's Jazz Club. Jazz has been the traditional culture of African-Americans. And uh, the gentrification and the city uh, has not really been that supportive. And so it looks like uh, we've almost been wiped out. We've gone from from something like uh, 189 businesses in the three, four blocks of the lower Fillmore to about 15. Wow. Because the redevelopment agency just totally mowed down our community and left those lots, big square blocks, left them vacant for 20 years. And so then when when the developers came in, the price of uh, housing went from 300 to 3,000, and that's that's the Fillmore Center and that kind of thing. So mm. you, you, if you can't get work, if you can't get a good job, and if you don't get good contracts to support your family and, and the community, then you can't stay here. And so mm. we've been pushed out, and now the tech firms are coming in, the Googles and the Twitters and whatever are coming in, and the people in the Mission District, the Latinos in the Mission District, are being pushed out. Mm. So, you know, we have to watch what's what's going on in our cities. You know, the, the governments are so anxious to get more and more income. And it's at the expense, many times, of, of the citizens and the people there. So uh, that that's part of our uh, problem and with the Chamber. Then I also sit on the board of directors of the National Black Chamber, and, uh, and I'm a former president. I uh, took the place of a man who had big shoes, Dr. Arthur Fletcher, who was the assistant secretary of um, labor under President Nixon, and who is considered the father, legitimately uh, and legally and legislatively, the father of affirmative action in this country. Wow. Uh, who brought on um, equal opportunity, not just for African-Americans, but for all minorities and women. Wow. Uh, in the early 70s, under President Nixon, and uh, no matter what you say about Nixon, uh, Nixon was responsible um, to allow Dr. Fletcher implement uh, affirmative action, and today we call it minority business programs or local business programs, but you know, we, it, it all starts someplace. And so, uh, uh, Fletcher, so I, I served uh, after him um, for several years, and I still sit on that board. And I also am the chairman of a group called uh, APAC. The, um, uh, it's called uh, the Associated Professionals and Contractors in California, mm -hmm. of California. Mm -hmm. 
and that group uh, that group is a uh, is a mixture of all ethnic uh, all ethnic groups. Mm-hmm. And, uh, the president is Latino. I'm mm-hmm. the chairman, African American, and and uh, and so we uh, the high speed rail came through, which is very much affected there in San Jose. Mm-hmm. And the high speed rail was kicked off, and uh, we got the Lawyers Committee for Civil Rights to do uh, information um, gathering, you know, legitimate, I forgot what they call it, but mm-hmm. but uh, they found out that the high-speed rail spent a billion dollars, less than 7% small business, mm. less than one-half of 1% minority and women. Mm. One-half of 1%. Wow. So we said, wow, all of this public money and totally no no inclusion so we had to uh, we i went i took seven trips to washington dc i tried to get congress and uh, to change uh, change it uh, uh, we even wrote an executive order for president obama mm-hmm. and then finally we had to file a, a title six uh title six uh lawsuit and uh, and so we we finally and that stopped them. And today we're doing about twenty eight percent, twenty eight to thirty percent small business. Mm-hmm. And of that, um, they say um, we spent you know, two or three billion so far on the high speed rail there in the Central Valley. And of course, we're going to spend some more when it comes over the mountain there into San Jose. Uh, we're doing 18, 19% uh, minority and women, De- mm. what we call DBE, Disadvantaged Business Enterprise. And, uh, and so we're, we're kind of pleased on that, but it takes work. We work every day. Every mm. day we're on the case, and I have to give it to people like Dinah Lacombe, president of the National Conciliatory, and I mean Conciliatory, I forgot the name of the organization, mm-hmm. organization. And Paul Paul Guerrero, he's a lawyer and a contractor. Reba Hunters mm-hmm. out of San Jose. There, uh, they really, really, really uh, taking it up. And so that's one of our accomplishments. And uh, so we we've had a number. Uh, we've had to fight. Mm-hmm. We're basically basically uh, uh, an advocacy for for equal opportunity for everybody. Hey, let me ask you a question about that, Fred, um, you know, because you're having to fight. Um, wouldn't you think uh, there's some studies that are coming out that saying better ideas come when people include other groups, whether they're gender and ethnic groups? You know, I've seen the McKinsey study that talked about, you know, you, you get better ideas, you get better performance. Don't you think that people would want to, you know, kind of work together? You know, What are you seeing is the is the, is the impediment? Is it just that the rich wants to get richer, or what do you think about that? Now you only got about a minute and a half for that one, Fred, and we'll we'll take it back on the second half if you like. But what's your short answer to something like that? Well, you know, we we have a basic culture. Now, our basic culture started with white excluding black. You know, and now we have much more of a mix of uh, ethnic groups coming in from. Asia, from India, and whatever, and um, it, you would think so, and we have moved forward. We certainly have included uh, those groups from Asia and from India, uh, particularly in San Jose area, um, but 
there, there's still that that basic stereotype is, uh, you know, if, if you a little boy who sat around, a little white boy sat around the table, and and your father said, look at those those guys, they're not doing nothing, they're such and such, then you're going to have an inherent prejudice, and and so it, it may not may not be deliberative. But, for instance, many Canadians are uh, much more liberal than Americans because they're not exposed to, mm-hmm. to Africa. So, so that inherent uh, that bias, bias yeah. is, is there. And, mm-hmm. so, and even now, you have to, you have to be careful of, of the ethnic bias. I mean, you have the, the, the people who come in on these immigration visas. Uh, you want to be sure that they understand Mm-hmm. Uh, African Americans and Latinos mm-hmm. uh, you know, to be sure that they're included, and I'm just calling it like it is. Mm-hmm. Well, let's do this, Fred. Man, that is so powerful, Fred. I want to take that up on the second half. Let's leave it right now, right there, and we'll be back. You're listening to Silicon Valley Business Connections. This is Silicon Valley Business Connections with Carl Davis Jr., brought to you by the Silicon Valley Black Chamber of Commerce. More information about today's show is available by going to the Chamber's website, blackchamber.com, or call 408-288-8806. Now, back to Silicon Valley Business Connections. Yeah, things are not what they used to be, Fred. (laughs) We're right back with Mr. Fred Jordan. He's the president of the San Francisco African American Chamber of Commerce, but Fred does many other things. One of the things I admire about Fred, and I, I want you to notice, Fred, if I've never said it publicly, you were one of my first people that I met when I came to California, and, and, and I love the fact that you basically took me under your wing as a little young, a young whippersnapper. <laughs> How you uh, Thank you for that, yeah, Fred. But, but you're keeping up the good work, uh, Carl. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to let everybody know that Fred is one of those guys that uh, when he believes in something, I mean, he really steps up and talks to it and, and puts action where his mouth is at. Fred when I first became chamber president back in 2013, there was an issue with the San Francisco 49ers building that new stadium, that $1 billion stadium. And at the time, legal folks were sending me information. And what it came out of that was there was absolutely out of $1 billion being spent on that stadium, there were zero. You hear me? Zero. Not one African-American subcontractor. And the people who built the stadium also built the stadium for the Philadelphia Eagles. And at that time, they were able to find 35 percent minorities to participate. But because they were doing it here and nobody put the pressure on them, not one African-American subcontractor was built. And Fred came to me and said, Carl, let's protest. Tell them a little bit about that, Fred. <laughs> yeah, that was awesome, uh, Carl. That was uh, it was unbelievable. And particularly when you have a team that's. That's 80, 80, 70, 80% African-American. Yeah. Uh, and they built that stadium, and we were, even though they moved it from San Francisco to San Jose, that was okay. Uh, I mean, you know, Santa Clara is okay with us. But then when we looked up, we kept ask, asking. And actually, it was, uh, they were showing the, the players around, and one of the lawyers for the, the players looked around and said, where are the African-Americans? And they said, oh, they're around here, they so-and-so. And we had been asking, where are the contracts for our contractors? And we were never able to get an answer. And the contractor, the general contractor, has 
been a, a fairly good contractor. I can't believe that he produced 95% of the construction of that $1 billion stadium with not one African-American contract. That's a shame. Here you got a team 70, 80% black. And I'm saying, that is ridiculous. And that's when I called you and said, Carl, look, you know, we need to go to work out here. And so we, and, and the worst people, the, the worst protest that you can provide is to protest a, a, an athletic team that's winning. <laughs> and that's, <laughs> and that, that, I mean, that, that's like going against God almost, you know, the church. <laughs> and uh, uh, because that was difficult and people would come by and they would just walk by and they were amazed <laughs> that we were protesting and here they're going out there for, to win. To, to push the team for winning, and we we complain. So well, they haven't been winning, hey, Fred. They haven't been winning since. So maybe that's the curse they got. No, <laughs> you, you know the one thing I do want to say about that, Fred, and you and I talked about that, is when we do things like that, we basically are saying here's a wrong, but we are sharing this wrong with the hopes what that the 49ers and other people can make it right. Do you think the 49ers are making it right, Fred? I think that you know they they uh, well the, the, well first of all they they did turn around and and give some contracts immediately mm-hmm. particularly when the management found out mm-hmm. I was just so disappointed that the contractor who I've worked with for years uh, had not made that happen but so much has to have you know uh, so much is dependent upon who is the project manager mm-hmm. and so and then they made a statement that they would become the most inclusive uh, uh, property, athletic property in the United States. That they would, they, that was their promise. Now, I've not been able to follow up on that, and I think the fact that they tolerated Kaepernick and Kaepernick uh, would not stand for the mm-hmm. for the uh, national anthem, mm-hmm. which there are a lot of problems. Uh, my family comes from St. Mary's County, Maryland, and uh, and uh, you know we know where where the action is because um, Maryland was one of the early colonial properties and, and my family goes back to the 1700s as slaves. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so we still know what's going on. And, and that, that anthem was so racist that they had to take, uh, I think the third stanza out the second and third, they had to take one or two stanzas out, but mm-hmm. it is a beautiful song. I want, to, I want to ask you, Fred, Fred, I want to chime in for that for a second, because I know that Kaepernick put a million dollars into trying to help with the social challenges of what was happening with the police and all that. And I think uh, Jet York and the 49er Foundation, I think they matched it with another million dollars. So we want to let folks know that, that they did do that. But I, I think a lot of that really came, our protest helped, you know, and, and, and so therefore the contractor left. We went to Sacramento to build that arena mm-hmm, for the and, basketball team, right? Mm-hmm. For the basketball team, and so and boy, when they got up there, I received phone calls that said, "Thank you, thank you, thank you, uh, you and the chambers down here talking about the the Silicon Valley Black Chamber and our chamber, and Oakland came over too, and uh, for helping to set the framework, and we're really." Uh, uh, looking forward to the commitments that that has already been made as a result of your protest, but that was a difficult protest. <laughs> it wow. was, it was. But you know, you have to, you you have to, you have to do what you have to do, Fred. 
Hey, let me but let me share something though in our program that I want folks to know that Fred not only has a local reach here in San Francisco and Northern California, but I was blessed to go to a mission where we met the president of Tanzania and Zanzibar and some of their top officials. And Fred actually got a chance to see a design that he had done for a bridge, right, Fred? Was it a bridge? Uh, yes, we on the uh, that was our first um, project in Africa. It was our first project in Africa, and we designed on the port to Tanzania, uh, Dar es Salaam Port Access Highway. We designed eight bridges. Wow! Uh, that highway, and uh, fortunately, my partner had been the, uh, the we were the first African American civil engineering and construction management firm in the Western U.S. along the West Coast. But fortunately, my, my partner, Ken Mathis, was the, uh, the deputy chief of the U.S. Forest Service Engineering Department, mm. Western, the entire Western U.S. And so he knew how to design these bridges that can take any kind of loading coming from the port. And so when we went over there, Carl, uh, I, you know, I observed the different trucks, the overloaded, um, huge trucks wow. that were terribly overloaded and uh, and uh, going across those bridges and I said well I, you know it's just they really picked the right team because we we knew how to design bridges for timber loading wow and whatever so wow. uh, that's one of our one of our engineering feats uh, we've done we've done about a thousand projects in the western US Africa and Central America wow and Fred I, I know about I know about your reach in China because you came back one day and told me that the Silicon Valley Black Chamber of Commerce had an office in what part of China was that Shanghai or where was that at Shanghai Shanghai we put an office there primarily to get e, EB5 the e, that's the uh, immigration where uh, where uh, someone can come into the country and invest 500000 and become a citizen if, in fact, their investment uh, generated 10 jobs and it's supposed to primarily be in disadvantaged neighborhoods. And that was, that was part of our, uh, uh, you know, joint venture with, with you, with your uh, chamber and whatever, is to get this investment into some of our businesses. And hasn't the EV-5 program has not worked well for for minority business mm-hmm. or African-American businesses, not that well, but it has done um, things for the communities like Hunters Point. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hunters Point uh, struggled for 20 years and uh, uh, trying to get going in the EB-5 program came about. And so now they're about $8 billion and, uh, dollars. They got, they're the largest EB-5 program in the nation. Wow. African-American when we were brought on as the first civil engineers out there. And, of course, now it's been gentrified. I promise only about 40%. But you build new, they build new houses supposed to be to upgrade the minority neighborhoods. But the the residents, you know, the residents rarely get to go back into their neighborhoods. Mm -hmm. Right. Up and so they talk about affordable housing, but even even then, uh, it's not it, that's not really in reach. Um, you know, when you go into these neighborhoods and and tear down everything and build these fancy places, uh, mm-hmm. there's no way. And so we really in this country have to do something about that. That affordable housing is in in many respects a farce. It's um, you know you 
you take these lottery tickets and and uh, they they just don't work. And so then all mm-hmm. of our citizens, they leave San Jose, they have to leave San Jose and Santa Clara County and San Francisco, and they're out. They they spread in the wind. Yeah, Fred, you know, we got about maybe a minute or so left, Fred, but I want to I want to just dive on that EB-5. I want people to understand and look up EB-5. That's a that's a powerful program that can be used to help bring dollars into a, you know, a, a disadvantaged community. We want people to use that. And Fred, I want people to know how they can connect with you, Fred, because we got about a minute left. How can people connect with Fred Jordan and the San Francisco African American Chamber of Commerce? You have a website, a phone number, or anything you want to share with the the listeners? Well, we do have a we do have a website, which is uh, www.sfaacc.org. S-F-A-A- cc.org that stands for the San Francisco African American Chamber of Commerce and uh, if you go to that it'll give you all the stats and the numbers and who to call our administrative office we're located at 1485 Bayshore Boulevard here in San Francisco and uh, and so we've been around we're one of the oldest uh, black chambers in California uh, formally started in 1973. Wow, Fred. Well, Fred, we're going to have to invite you back. Well, you know, we're out of time right now, but you can go to blackchamber.com and then you can hit radio show and you can hear this podcast again. So we want to thank our guest, Mr. Fred Jordan, president of the San Francisco African-American Chamber of Commerce. You've been listening to Silicon Valley Business Connections. You've been listening to Silicon Valley Business Connections with Carl Davis Jr. and brought to you by the Silicon Valley Black Chamber of Commerce. More information about today's show is available by going to the Chamber's website, blackchamber.com. That's blackchamber.com. Or call 408-288-8806. That's 408-288-8806. Copies of our podcast are available online at blackchamber.com. If you would like to know more about a specific guest or make recommendations for upcoming guests and topics, email info at blackchamber.com. Keeping you connected, Silicon Valley Business Connections. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.